Hello and welcome to Faith, Fitness, and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood, and I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout late-night meals. As always, I'd like to thank my sponsors, and especially tonight, uh, Skull Smash Ammonia and Raw Grip Chalk for their consistent support and encouragement. For the best part of hitting ammonia in the game, there's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. And if you're looking to hit a brutal pull and need that added grip, Raw Grip's Liquid Chalk is the highest quality on the market right now. You can head over to their Instagram pages to get some products. Now, as I just said that, tonight I am chatting with Steve Welch, founder and CEO of Skull Smash Ammonia, the best hard-hitting smelling salts on the market right now. Every PR I've hit in the gym since I started competing has been with the help of Skull Smash. And you're not going to want to miss this high-octane episode as we talk enhancements, the powerlifting industry, and more. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Steve, what's up, man? Hey, Mo, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so glad we were able to make this thing happen. I know you are a, a busy man. You're juggling 100 things, so getting you on here is definitely an honor. Yeah, well, this is, this is great for me because there's so much heaviness going on with the world and certainly trying to run two businesses in the fitness industry. It's been, uh, it's been a, a nightmare of the last few weeks trying to figure out how to stay afloat all this. So, um, through all this. So this is a nice refreshing change of pace, man. This is like kind of why we all got into lifting is the community and stuff like that. So this is a, a much needed break. So I really appreciate you asking me on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know, you know, my obviously my interaction with your relationship with you is with skull smash you mentioned you got a second business and i can only imagine you know from what i've seen with small businesses how much you guys are really getting hit hard by this because people are are nervous to spend money yeah um but but, well you know without a doubt i mean uh, um i own a gym i'm actually sitting in it right now and uh i've got a very different kind of a gym and it's what led me into skull smash actually um i've been a strength and conditioning coach for 23 years now I went to college for it a long time ago and got my CSCS a long time ago before that was a really cool thing to do and uh, painted myself into this uh, unusual corner of trying to be a, uh, a sustainable fitness professional and I've done that now for 23 years um, so yeah I, I own a gym and, and I've never really been one for public gyms um, I don't really like dealing with the public and especially in the gym so I have kind of a key holder private gym anybody can be a training client but our members are selected and it's mm-hmm. based on character not on um on athletic ability I'm looking for good people and yeah. uh and because of that because I have this smaller group you know and they have to be here for a while to have keys and things like that I do I have the, tr- the most tremendous amount of character and support and my members I actually consider them to be family um so, so far, you know, the support of my people, the financial support and otherwise has been great. So I'm, I'm in a little fortunate niche of, of, of other people who are really getting hit hard. It's so far that my people are still maintaining their active memberships with me, um, even though they're not able to come. Some of them aren't able to come. And what I just got done finished doing now, we, uh, I don't let anybody come into the building and train because I'm keeping with all the requirements of the CDC. But I take equipment out, sanitize it, spread out through our parking lot, one or two people, three people train at a time with their own set of equipment. It's all sanitized and brought back in and everybody keeps their distance. So I'm actually sitting in a gym right now, just finishing working out with two other guys um, and trying to make this thing work, trying to keep our culture and as many of our people 
training through this as possible because we all need it, man. We, we all mm-hmm. come to the gym to keep sane and to express ourselves in this physical way. And um, people like us who are cut from this cloth don't do well when we're removed from it. And we all have a, a need to take care of ourselves physically. So we're trying to get something in. So that's where I'm at actually as we speak as I'm sitting in the back of my gym. <clears throat> Yeah, well, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, really looking for that family, you know, that community, yes. uh, because, you know, so often we see uh, th- these people who really abuse gym equipment. They abuse that that holy environment that's really been created for the sake of uh, whatever, social clout, uh, Instagram views, uh, and, and it doesn't really make you, as, I would imagine as a gym owner, want to have that many people use your facilities. No, I, I actually, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I'm not an elitist by any means. In fact, I would say I'm kind of like a reverse elitist. My, my selection process is simply because that I'm looking, I don't really consider my gym a gym. I consider it a barbell club. It's like a family. One of the hardest things for me, um, the thing that brought me to, to my knees when all this quarantine crap started was not necessarily the fear of financial distress, which is going to be inevitable if this thing goes on for a long period of time, was that I feel like my, my gym members for the most part are my family. And, and like, I'm kind of like sort of a proverbial father of the house and I've, and, and I, I can't let my people into their home. You know, we all love coming here. This is a, we go to each other's weddings and funerals and baptisms and birthday parties. And um, most of us mean a, a great deal to each other. And for us not to be able to, to convene in person and do what we do. Um, that's, that was really hard for me. So I choose, I, I love having a ton of people here. It's just, I'm looking for a certain caliber of people in my gym life Yeah, because it's, it's what I do. It's what I I've spent all these years. Yes. And when I leave and I, and I give them keys, I have to know that they respect the equipment. You can leave your wallet on the bench here. Nothing's stolen. Nobody's ever disrespected. And if they are, it's it, everybody apologizes and, and, and makes up. It's very fraternal. So, um, yeah, that's that. That's kind of how I do what I do, and because of that, there's there's times where that's a very trying business model because I cater to the few, not the masses. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of an attrition business model. If I lose a client, it has a, a pretty hard impact on me. But the upside of it is, in situations like this, your people got your back as long as they for as long as they can, as opposed to having some anonymous member who's just going to drop you because their situation is is bleak for a moment. So. Um, I always tell people outside of my time in the Marine Corps, this collection of people in my gym are the finest group of people I've ever known in my life. Yeah. And, and I think I've seen that even reflected with your ammonia, that there's a lot, you have a massive amount of brand loyalty that I do feel like you've really garnered a community of people that are like, man, you know, Steve takes care of us. We're going to take care of him. That I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I mean, Obviously, I'm selling a product and it's a tangible product. And of course, like everybody, I go to work to make a living. So, you know, the, the exchanging of money for goods and services is an absolute essential part of what I do. Um, but that's not that's not why I do this stuff. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I changed the way I thought, you know, like every everybody, I go through growth spurts and, you, you know, you have up highs and lows in your character throughout your life. And, you know, if you're if you've got integrity, you try to learn from them and uh I used to be a pretty opinionated power lifter. You know, it had to be a certain kind of powerlifting, a certain type of person. And I was pretty close minded to the rest of the world. And, and, and things changed to me. And um, as a coach and as a gym owner, I'm always going to have my thing very selective. But I got to the point where I wanted to really be more helpful to more lifters. I was more open minded to different kinds of lifting 
Um, like for instance, I'm a, I'm a, a raw and I used to be a single ply, a raw and drug free guy. That's always mm-hmm. been my choice. Um, just for personal reasons. And I was pretty close minded to like say multiply or uh, uh, untested guys. And I didn't want nothing to do with any of it and yada, yada, yada. And I realized that I was missing out on some really awesome people doing some really awesome things, just expressing themselves in a different way. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to like it or understand it or even want to be a part of it, but I was missing out on some friendships, friendships and some relationships um, with some really awesome people. So that all kind of started to click into me right at about the same time I decided to start trying to make Skull Smash. And it was essential because, you know, I was looking for trying to get my product in the hand of any strength athlete that would want to use it. And so it, it was a, a essential change in my behavior and the way that I thought about the strength community um, so that I didn't have this closed mind going into supporting other people. And yeah, you know, like you said, my personal phone number is on my bottles. When you call me, you're calling my cell phone number. And anybody that knows, I, I try to answer every email, every DM that I can. And it's getting harder the, the bigger business gets. But I still do it. I still write the handwritten notes. Because honest to God, it's not a sales pitch. Y'all mean the world to me. So, like, you know, my product and my reputation wouldn't be anything without the support of all the great lifters that decide to use it and be loyal to it. So um, every single time I get an order, even a, for the smallest product I have, I am truly grateful for it. I feel that that person deserves at least a minute of my time to write a note in my own handwriting with their name on it saying thank you. So it, yeah. it, it's something that means a lot to me to do. Yeah, well, and I remember uh, right when I first stumbled across y'all, I think it was because of Logan Chapman, uh, who obviously has become a friend of mine the last year and a half or so. He's and, great. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, just absolute animal. Uh, and. I know he was always like, man, like you got to try skull smash. And so I remember I got my, uh, my American whiskey was the first uh, one I got uh, because I saw it w- said whiskey and me growing up in Ireland. I was like, I got to get the one that sounds alcoholic. And uh, you know, I get that bottle and there's that note right next to it. And I was like, man, the CEO wrote me a note. And like, that was the first thing that was in my head. I was like, Holy smokes. I was like, nobody does that. Some, sometimes uh, I have to actually take them home and do them and stay up till the middle of the night to get them written because I don't always have, I spend a lot of time writing thank you notes. In fact, I've been advised to stop or like only pick 10 a day and I'm just not going to not do that until it's absolutely impossible for me to do. Um, I I write thank you notes to every single person, nobody that's ever ordered directly from me. Not one time. And I've had thousands and thousands of orders has not gotten a handwritten note. Yeah. Oh, and that's just such a great model. Like to, to, continue to maintain as much you know personal connection as you can and obviously you know that i'm sure it won't be sustainable forever because you're going to continue to grow but you know that that's just that what's that's what sets that brand loyalty it's the same way with that gym that's what creates that fraternity absolutely uh and you mentioned you mentioned you're in the marine corps uh and you know i'd love to chat about that just a little bit like how is that mentality and that brotherhood really played into your desire to create this community, this fraternity? Um, I would say viscerally, you know, at, you know, at a, at a very deep, almost automatic level, um, subconscious level. I mean, it's got, it's got everything to do with most of the things that I do in my life. Um, you know, it was a million years ago. I'm, I'm not one of those old, and, and, not, and not because I, I'm annoyed or disagree with anything that how other, how other veterans express themselves, but I don't like I don't walk around with a Marine Corps hat on and wearing Marine Corps T-shirts. I don't even have a Marine Corps sticker on my car. It's not because I'm not proud and not, not because of anything. I'm super proud. 
um, it's just a million years ago, you know, um, I, you know, I, I've, I've had a very rough past. My life was not an easy one. Um, and, and as I've grown and, and learned to get away from some of the, the, uh, trials and, and, uh, difficult parts of my past, I've learned to have to leave a lot of it there for me to be able to think forward and to live in my now and be a better man and have a clearer thought and not take my frustrations and insecurities out on people who don't deserve it, which I've been known to do in the past. So, um, my Marine Corps pass is very important to me. Um, as a lot of, lot of Marines and, and people of service probably do anyway, I always wish I could have done more, uh, wish that the, the man, the character that I have in me now, this 45 year old busted up body, the character, the resolve that I have could be in that 18 year old body that went so long ago and served and could do it again. So I always have that. I wish I could have gave more. I wish I could have gave more, but what the Marine Corps put inside me or what they, what they, um, mold that you have to have inside of you, um, I would say, you know, carries into most of what, what good men do. You know, I mean, you don't really forget those things. Do I iron my underwear anymore? Do I stay svelte and tuck my pants in and, and check my gig line? And do I, you know, march in time with whoever's walking left? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't keep to that protocol, that military protocol that was just annoying. But the things that matter the most, the character, the work ethic, um, the taking care of good people, I'd say, at, at, at every elemental level, it has everything to do with what everything that I do, my fatherhood, my coaching, my gym ownership. Um, yeah, I try to, I try to let it be a part of all that I do. Yeah. And that's, and that's good. I think that there's just so much character, you know, that goes into that. And the same thing, and bringing it back to that conversation I had with James Strickland, you know, with him being yeah, in the Navy, Navy guy. that really, that that time in the military just formed so much his belief of, taking care of those around you and knowing it's going to be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and that played into his uh, mentality of him lifting. Cause obviously he didn't even start lifting, you know, until, you know, just back in like 2014, yeah. but him saying, you know, Hey, like if I'm not trying to help those around me become better versions of themselves, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. I've never, I've never heard James have a, you know, especially since he's kind of a, a bigger name guy, especially for his benching and, and I really hate it when people paint him into the corner of being a bench only guy. Cause I mean, yes, he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously tremendous at it, but he, he puts up an elite total. And, um, uh, and I, but I've never heard him say anything other than positive things. I mean, um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's to be like what I think people that have got some recognition out there should be. Um, he shows a solid family involvement that, you know, it's not, I, I don't like when people say, I live for the, I live for the gym. Well, if you're living for the gym and this is coming for me, I own one, you know, my whole, I've got more money sunk in my gym than I do in everything else in my life, including my home. I own a gym. So I think, I think my, my statement that I'm about to make comes pretty pre-qualified. If you live for the gym and that's all you live for, you're living a pretty sad life. The reason we express mm-hmm. ourselves in the way that we do is because to be good at what it is in the gym, however you do it drug, drug free, if you're a leader, if you're just climbing up and, and whatever, you're, if you're giving it all that you got to be good at this and to make progress in it is the same recipe that it takes to be good at everything else that you will do in life. It's not going to be given to you. You don't happen upon luck. Nobody gets, gets stronger by luck. You have to put in the time and the sacrifices and deals with the highs and lows. And James is somebody that shows family life, kindness, and, and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, towards others. He's even magnanimous when people talk shit on him. Um, I just, I just think mm-hmm. more top level guys could be a little bit more like that. I, I really like having James in my corner. Um, you know, he, 
he's been a, a loyal Skull Smash guy for a very long time, and I always feel um, grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was chatting with him about that exact same thing, that I think, particularly in the fitness industry, it is so easy to become obsessed with this idea of self and this idolization of your own prowess. Uh, and, you know, and it's recognizing that, hey, like, I could compete for the next, you know, maybe in 22, I could compete for the next 40 years of my life, you know, do great. But the reality is, I'm not Ronnie Coleman. Yep. Like, I, I, I'm not that 1% that is going to go down to history. And that's okay. You know, I can recognize that. But saying, hey, yeah, I can go hit a huge PR, compete well, and have a good time lifting. But if I become obsessive over it and allow it to become this aggressive ego complex, yep. nah, man, like, I, I might as well not even be yeah. lifting. Because right. people are going to Yeah, you're, I was getting ready to say, you, 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 you finished your sentence with how I was going to start mine is, dude, the, I've been in this game a long time. I, I'd say I've been... I've been at this thing longer than most people on powerlifting or on Instagram or who are doing it before they even went into a weight room. Um, um, mm -hmm. And I've seen some of the greatest get forgotten. I mean, that's just the way this thing works. I mean, I, uh, I lifted with Paul Wren in Scotland in the uh, WDFPF Worlds um, a few years ago. And I've lifted with Mr. Wren a couple times. And I see people walk right by him. And not because he's just an old guy. He's a preacher uh, from Tennessee. He kind of has a little bit of a quiver in his voice, which is just his voice. It's nothing's wrong with him. Um, he's just an old, busted up looking man that looks like he's just kind of knocking around powerlifting. And people are like, oh, isn't that cute? Look at the old man powerlifting. You never heard of Paul Wren, have you? And that's a shame. Mm -mm. Until a few years ago, Paul Wren was in the top 15 highest totaling lifters of all time. He used to lift back in the the days when it was when it was the IPF was on channel two or whatever I was on it was a televised sport lifting with with all the greats. Um, Paul was mm -hmm. a nine hundred pound squatter and a five hundred pound bencher and a eight hundred pound deadlifter. Back he was one of the highest totaling lifters of all time, and pretty sure I, I could never swear. I always I always tell people the only person I know for sure is not on drugs is me. But I'm pretty sure Paul was one of the very few guys that was banging it out with those big boys back in those days, not doing something. Um, and he, and he was doing it as part of a mission. Now I'm not, I'm not doing the Holy roller thing or like that, but his, his, one of his things was lifting was to get, he, he, he was a preacher. So the, the point yeah. I'm trying to make is you never heard of him. And, and I lifted with him in Scotland and the only people that were coming up to him and saying, Oh my God, Mr. Ren, can I get a picture with you? And he's just the most humble guy were guys that have been around a long time. Nobody knows who he is. And he was one of the best ever because he doesn't care to keep, his lifting legacy alive through social media for likes or for commercial gain or sponsorship. He lifted for all the right reasons. And because he's not doing it anymore at the top level, nobody knows who, who he is. So I tell people, check your ego, dude, because even if you are the best person in the world right now, as soon as you're done and the shelf life for lifters anymore is way shorter than it used to be. Um, uh, as soon as you're done, nobody's going to know who you are. And, you know, and you're going to do seminars for a little while or whatever like that. Or you're going to get somebody to sponsor you, for their product long after you're lifting. But, you know, once you're done and your flash in the pan career is over, nobody cares who you are anymore. You have to stay relevant by being a good person. And so uh, you're yeah. right. It's, it's so much of it out there is lifting for the self. And it's really refreshing to see companies and lifters that are sort of taking care of their people and keeping a community and having their athletes be like family. And um, I, I've been fortunate. I've had some really good people willing to put their name behind behind mine. And I just I, like I said, I'm, I'm just one guy. Nothing great comes unless you have great support. Uh.
and I've and I'm, yeah. I've been very grateful for that. Still am to this day. Yeah, and you know it's interesting you mentioned that because you know just this last episode that just went up live just a few hours ago was yeah this leave your legacy and it's kind of this multiple part episode because I chatted about it with Logan Chapman you know kind of chatted about it with you of what matters is the legacy that you leave behind and the way that you're going to leave a legacy is by choosing to be present with those people that are coming help up them, after teach you. somebody you know continue yeah, to them. help them can can I exactly. can I tell you something real quick that that uh, I did because I wasn't yeah. even trying to, you know what I mean? Like to me, I almost don't even want to say it right now because I'm kind of bulldozing what it was meant to be, but I only want to, I only want to mention it because of the, the gravity that yeah. it has on the conversation. And so I, uh, you know, I'm a coach and I've been in one a long time and I'm very fortunate that the Washington university powerlifting team trains in my gym and I'm, I'm their coach and help them and stuff like that. And uh, it, it's, it's just a, a, an honor to be able to do it. So, um, one of the one of the freshmen, this is a couple of years ago, brand new to lifting. I mean, this kid didn't weigh 120 pounds, all sinew and skin, man. And he was just excited to be there, like that nervous excited. He was really taken. And his name was Max. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he didn't and I it was brand new. So I'm showing him everything. So it's like, you know, it's like a you know, Shakespeare teaching somebody their ABCs and, and people like forget. But I'm like, right. this is an opportunity to be the first influence on somebody's lifting career and he was so excited and it just i was able to do it and i walked him around and he had never seen a belt before and he didn't have this and he didn't have anything and he didn't have a pair of squat shoes and he was trying to trying to squat in these like new balance running shoes i'm like buddy we just can't do you have any chucks or vans or anything He's like no this is the only pair of athletic shoes i have i'm like what size do you wear and he told me and it just so happened to be that i had a pair of shoes squat shoes adidas squat shoes that it had only been worn like twice that were his size. And I went and gave it to him and he like lit up like, I mean, then his kids wow. from a wealthy family. So it wasn't like he was cause he couldn't afford it, but I gave him squat shoes and he's like, how much do I owe you for these? I'm like, no man, these are good. I don't, I, I I'm not going to use these. These are for you. I want to give them to you. He's like, no man. But he, I'm like, listen, Max, I said, there's things that you pay me for. And there's things that I get that, you know, that, that I have to take money for. Like the club pays me for this facility rental and for my time. But then there's things that I get to give lifters because that's what lifters do. I'm going to give you your first pair yeah. of squat shoes and I don't want any money from them. I want you to wear them and I want you to wear them out. And like a tear came to us. Like, like he, he's, like he, you could see that that moment, that one, that one little act of, of just lifter to lifter, guy to guy, sunk the hook in him. So through his life, yeah. and I don't know how long he'll lift and how much he'll lift, but I'm sure he'll do something active his whole life. I'm sure that that moment will stick with him. Somebody just reaching out. It was the lifter. And he wanted to pay me for something. I'm like, no, no, no. This isn't for sale. This is me giving you something for the for your to start your lifting career with. You can't buy this. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, it was wow. a real, oh, man, it was a real so simple good. thing to me, but it was a real massive thing to him. And and I didn't mean for it to be a big deal. It was just something really easy for me to do to give this young man a pair of shoes, so he wouldn't be trying to squat in a, in New Balance. And for a moment, you could see that it made a difference to, to him. It, it, it had a, an impact on a young lifter's first time in the damn gym. And I was glad to be. For me, that's what it's all about. Because someday I'm going yeah. to walk away well, and it, somebody's going to remember who the hell I am. And, uh, it, but, but it's those, those individuals that you got to put on a platform or you got to help or give a word of encouragement to, um, they'll remember you. And, that, and that, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, because, you know, for us, you know, when you're on the the giving side of it, frequently it is, it feels like, 
hey, this is just this is a minuscule thing. This is just something I'm willing to do. Like I'm able to do. I have, you know, the God given ability. I have the skills. I have the money. I have X Y Z. But for that other person of how much it means for them, sometimes we don't even yep. understand it. You know, the impact that that can then go and roll on and have that yep. butterfly effect. You know, to to create something incredible. And I I think of, you know, even as I as I chat with you about Liberty Powerlifting back in uh, September that when I was able to, to go to these different lifters, many of whom, you know, were competing for the first time or were new to powerlifting. I was like, Hey, this, this is your bottle yeah. of skull smash. This is, this is yours. And they were looking at me, they're like, what? Like, but I don't, I was like, no, yeah. like take it, grow out of it. And just seeing these freshmen, these sophomores yeah. like, light up. And it was just like, wow, like there's yeah, just, that's why I was there. so glad, you know, you, you, you wouldn't believe how, how much I get solicited for, you know, sponsor this, sponsor that. And I truly love to help. In fact, my, my accountant has bitched at me a couple times because I've given too, too much. <laughs> um, but I can't give to everybody anymore. And what impressed is when, when you reached out to me, you weren't asking me for something for yourself, which I still get, I get those and I help those people too. I, I forgot how it worded and how the conversation went, but you were truly seeking to, to, um, you know, to, to give new lifters, some things to help them get excited. You know I mean? We're, we're all, I mean, we're all excited. Like you go get your supplements and all that, that workout's a little bit better because you're pumped up. It's like a kid on Christmas morning. Yeah. I mean, your, your squat shoes come in and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm pumped up. I mean, you saw the belt that pioneer made for me, my skull smash belt. I mean, when that came in the mail, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I couldn't so wait to train, could not wait to train, you know, yeah. I mean, these, you know, I, you know, these, these guys, I mean, pioneer makes the best belts period. And when, when, when they said that my belt that they made for me, was one in one of their top five favorite that I ever made. I'm like, oh God, I can't wait to get when I opened the box. I mean, when I got, it, I couldn't wait to train. So knowing that you were handing just my little my little small product to somebody and have that make them excited, even for just one workout. I'm like, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about you know about giving somebody that excited thing to, to participate. And of course, if I'm lucky, I'm going to have a good impression on, them and they're going to eventually buy my products. I mean, it's it's what it's got to come down to, but. It's that moment where it's not, not the business owner than you. It's the human being and the lifter, the fellow lifter that knows what it's like to have that excited thing come in to give you the, the, uh, the bump to get out there and want to, want to train hard and, and to apply yourself. And if I could do that sometimes, count me in. You know, that's, that's, that's an amazing feeling yeah. to be able to do that. It is. And, and, you know, obviously you've had the side of being a coach as well. You know, with me launching all at athletics, you know, last semester I had a guy – uh, who I know will listen to this. Uh, his name is Drew Nelson, uh, who went to compete with 365 Strong uh, just as this quarantine was starting. I'm pretty sure it was the last powerlifting meet to happen in the United States. Uh, they're like training uh, or they're warming up in the gym across the street. They're only letting so many people in, you know, it's chaos. But this freshman, he's 18, uh, you know, had just started lifting. And within a week of working with me, uh, knowing he was brand new, he's like, man, like, what equipment should I get? Like what singlet should I yeah. get? Like what da 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 da? And, and I had this just unique opportunity to really build yep. this lifter from the ground up. Like li- I could have told that man anything and he would have said, absolutely, I'm going to go do that. And it was just, that's just such a unique place to, yep. to be in as a Dude, coach. I know. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's cool because I remember, um, you know, how, I mean, not how I got drawn into powerlifting. I brought myself into powerlifting. Um, you know, I started, you know, I'd always done the lifts and I did it, but I played rugby and while I was in college and stuff like that. But what got, when I, when I went into the sport of powerlifting, 
I was self-taught and I brought my clients into it. We went to these meets just kind of knocking around. But when I got to um, take it, I guess, to the next level, you know, I trained at the YMCA, which is where I worked until the time I became a gym owner. You know, I was the I was the top dog. You, you, you don't you don't get better by being the top dog in a gym where there's really just small dogs. Anyway, um, I, you know, I was stuck. You know, I was I was, you know, I guess arrogant without meaning to be because I was the strongest guy and everybody was looking up to me and I was leading the thing and I was nothing. I'm still still nothing as a lifter. I mean, I do pretty good for an old guy, but, you know, there's there's just amazing lifters out there. The sport is really blown up, but I'll never forget how I got into the gym that it became, eventually became the one that I bought and made my own today was Jeff Lewis of all people. I don't know if do you remember who, do you know who he is? Man, you got to look him up. I don't. Big, biggest powers you'll ever see. Jeff, Jeff is from, I'm from St. Louis here and Jeff was in St. Louis. And at the time that I met him, he was the best in the world. He, he took Mike Miller's all time squat record. He, Jeff squatted 12, 12 mm. and he, um, benched 820 and he was a uh, he had a, a, the first person ever total 2800 pounds and this is he's weighing like yeah he's a massive massive man and he and he had the all-time world record he was a wpo world champion then he also lifted in the usapl and had the american record at 777 the bench and he benched 628 right i mean he did all kinds of stuff but when i met him and, and multiply was still pretty pretty strong at that time he was the best lifter in the world okay so um, he was from St. Louis and, um, I would see him at competitions. He, he was, uh, sponsored by Enzer and he would have shirts and squat suits and stuff like that at, at uh, at the meets. And I bought one from him one time, a bench shirt, and I had to buy it a little bit too big, um, because I didn't have anybody to put it on me. So I, I, you know, I got used to these new rage X shirts, which were the, the big thing back then. And, um, about six months later as another meet he had a table set up again and I was, I said, like, Hey, you know, Hey Jeff, it's good to see you again. You, um, I'm, I think I need to get another shirt because I've kind of like gotten to the point where I'm not getting much out of this thing. It's so big. I need to get another one. Long story short, he didn't have it at my size. He ordered one. He said, it only take me about, you know, five, six days or whatever to get it in. And, um, and, uh, and I will figure out a way to get you. And I said, well, Hey, I heard that you, uh, you trained at, you know, Concordia and that's, uh, that's like a mile from my house. I can just come up and get it one night if that's okay. If you just give me a call, let me know. I'll just swing by the gym when you're there and I'll come get it. And he's like, oh, you live real close to our gym? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you train with us? And I'm like, did, did, did Jeff Lewis just invite me to come train with them? And he's like, can I come train with you guys? He's like, yeah, man, come on by. Just, just start training with us. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. And, and I hadn't been nervous about walking into a gym in a long time. And that day I walked in there and, and I mean, not, not even the small dog in the gym. I mean, I wasn't even a pup, you know, I'm, some of these, these guys, I mean, and there's Jeff Lewis invite me into the gym. Now it wasn't a real warm welcome. These guys weren't uh, celebratory of new guys. It was really mostly cops. And then these, these few elite powerlifters like Jeff, but I got invited to, to participate with Jeff and these guys were going to make you prove your salt. I mean, I knocked around with these guys for years years before you really started to feel that true welcome in of brotherhood. I mean, they didn't treat you like shit and, and they weren't disrespectful, but you could definitely tell you were in an outer concentric circle and you, it was going to take a long time. And that's how I am. I'm very, very nice to people and supportive, but until I've seen you go through this for a few years and see you do it when you're hurt and when you're not making PRs and you're tired of it and you don't quit and go to something else, I really don't like welcome you into my most inner circle. 
So um, Jeff Lewis invited me in when he was the best polisher in the world and said, come train with us. And he didn't get anything out of it. He didn't get a, a bonus from the gym for signing something up. He didn't get any money out of it. He just, for whatever reason, and he may have regretted it the moment he said, he said, come train with us. And I was like, how do you turn that opportunity down? Go get uncomfortable. One of the best in the world just invited you to come train with them and go do it. And who cares if they're talking to you and they're nice to you for a while, you're a grown ass man, go learn and put your ego on the, on the shelf and get better. And it had a lot to do with uh, where I am today. Actually, the, the main guy that kind of was that, that gym, his name's Bill McDonough. There's not too many people I ask questions to about how to handle my life and stuff like that. And Bill's become like a, a sort of big brother. It was his gym that I bought that became my own and he still belongs to mine. And we've developed a, a, a deep respect and appreciation. Um, Bill was a 500 pound raw bencher, 275 for years. The man's 55 years old and, and can still do it. Um, just one of the, the most salty powerlifters ever, retired cop. And I bought his gym and became mine. And so those guys were the, were the, 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 the best around. And Jeff was the best in the world. And they were the opportunity that I had to take my, my lifting into the next, you know, learning and growing, getting out of my comfort zone. So to be able to do that to somebody else um, is absolutely a, a blessing. You got you got to pay that forward. At some point in time, somebody better than you brought you in, let, let them be a part of your community, your culture, taught you, and you need to pay that forward. If you don't, why are you even here? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that paying it forward concept, of you know continuing continuing the legacy continuing the train uh of lifting you know even every chapter of your life there's always someone that's mentoring you you know at at every chapter there's always someone mentoring you and i think of uh bill gillespie uh because you know he's so interconnected with uh with liberty uh, obviously with him being the strength coach football team there for so long and even now you know the man's in his 50s and he's multiplied benching over a thousand pounds you know and and it's just so crazy. You know, when I competed back in February, uh, you know, he was doing bench only. And, you know, for me to be able to compete and say, man, Bill Gillespie's in the crowd. Like, that that's just still something that, like, fired me up. I was like, man, like, sure, I've competed a few times. And, I mean, I'm still so new to the sport. But it's like, even for me, as I'm coaching other people, to have those guys, it just still excites me. And I think it says something about a guy's prowess and about a guy, the respect you know, that surrounds someone to carry that kind of weight because, you know, and I, and I don't like talking bad on lifters, but there's definitely people in the industry that no matter how strong they are, I wouldn't care if they're in the audience. I'm like, I oh, yeah, they, they absolutely. don't even know I'm lifting yeah. right now. It, it, it's, and it's genuine. You can't force it. I mean, when there's those, there's those guys that are there that, that are truly, um, they, they're about the community. I mean, they're amazing lifters and, and because they just are, it's not, they're not like trying to pump themselves up. Um, and I'll give you another, I mean, and like, like I said, I, there's been times where like there was just a few of us lifting in the WDFPF, you know, ADFPF meets, which, you know, don't have the greatest, you know, draw for the most elite athletes in, in the in the drug-free world and stuff like that. But it was a federation I really like to support and still do. And we were doing a meet a few hours away from St. Louis. And there's Jeff came, Jeff and uh, another uh, guy that used to train in, in, uh, in my gym. He was one of the best in the in the country, one of the best deadlifters in the world, Nick White. Um, we didn't really have the best personal relationship, but you got to respect the guys lifting. And, um, you know, at that time, Nick and Jeff were both in the top 10 highest totaling powerlifters in the country ever in the history of the world. And they, you know, they, they, they spent their Saturday to drive down 
three hours away from our hometown and spend the whole day supporting us. Um, you know, that was a, that was a pretty special thing because they were very well-known, respected lifters. And we were sort of like, you know, the minor leagues, I guess. And, and they, uh, it, it meant a lot to them to support their, their, uh, training partners and their, and their teammates. And they were there. And, um, Greg Crun used to train in my gym. I got, God, I miss him. Um, Greg was a bench only guy. Um, just one of the nicest guys, uh, from a family of just badass. It's just, these guys are just athletes. Greg benched 600 pounds at 60 years old, drug free, multiple time IPF gold wow. medalist. Um, uh, had, you know, just retired because it just, it was just time. He had his retiring retirement competition in my gym on his birthday. It was not a dry eye. I was crying like a baby when I was giving him his medal and, um, but Greg would get up and they said he was the best bencher in a 600 pound bench at 60 years old. Um, drug free. I was his handoff, man. Um, it was the mo- one of the most exciting things I had ever done. He'd get up. We were doing a meet in Indiana one time and he got up that morning, like I guess at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock drove all morning to our meet, handled us all day. I mean, he's sweating bullets cause it was summertime. It was hot as hell in, the, in this, in this meet. Uh, went to dinner with us after the meet and drove back in the same day. I mean, that was just the, the these guys, the caliber of those lifters. That's why I tell people right now, don't go to go to the gym just for yourself. Make, you know, if, if you're on a deload, if you're injured, if you're tired, you should still be in the gym seeing if your buddy's anything. Did, did somebody from your meet just go to a meet or from your gym go to a meet by themselves and didn't everybody there with them? I've competed overseas five times. I've never been alone. My, my buddies have spent their own money to come with me and, and be there with me. I've never been to a competition and was there by myself. There's always been somebody there. And to have the likes of, you know, like I said, Bill McDonough, my first international meet was in Ireland and Bill's there with me and wrapping my knees and, and, and get my head right. And Jeff Lewis has wrapped my knees at meets and Greg Crun's handing me off. And, you know, you got these, these guys that just, uh, and I'm a grown ass man, but they've got this effect on you like a, a great uncle or a big brother that their presence mattered. They're even the ones that I've had falling out, falling out with, yeah. and I'm kind of glad they're out of my life. They were, they were profound in my, in my growth and, and, um, and, uh, uh, just that, that experience and having their presence mattered. And I think we all, especially if you plan on being a part of this community, you're not just passing through for a couple of years because it's hot and new right now. You need to do that for somebody else, travel for somebody and be there at their meets. So they, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're uh, not there alone and you're handing them out and running their numbers and, keeping them chill and telling them when to warm up. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, we know that competing business owning, uh, being a father, a husband, there's so much mental, uh, you know, fortitude that goes along with that. And particularly uh, with training and with running a company, there's so much behind the scenes. Oh man that people don't see, uh, you know, in training of it being no one, unless you lift, you don't understand what's going through someone's head before they're about to put 800 pounds on their back. And as a business owner, you know, I, I'm sure people see, obviously I can see the product. I can see what you present, but I can't begin to imagine what's going on behind the scenes. So I wonder kind of on both of those, just as you opening the curtain a little bit, what does it look like for you day in and day out to really try to balance all this and, and, Oh man, that that's a, that's a great, great and question. Out. And honestly, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that, which, um, I don't think people like to open up those can of worms or they just don't know to ask. Um, uh, it's, yeah. it's, a uh, it's a mess. <laughs> I mean, it's a mess. I mean, I'm a, I'm yeah. a, um, yeah. 
I'm a single dad, you know, a, a, a awesome son and, a, and an, and an amazing daughter, uh, soon to be 10 year old son and just turned eight year old daughter that they're my reason for everything. And I'm a very, wow. very hands-on dad, me and their mom get along great. So it's not like I'm, I'm the only parent in their life. We, we co-parent great, but when I have them, I'm alone Sure. and I'm very busy with them and very active with them because they mean more than me to everything. So they're a lot of my, re, you know, a lot of my time. I'm not a lazy dad. I don't put my kids in front of a TV screen. We come to the gym and train. We do jujitsu together. We play cards together, do homework together take walks together. Um, we talk, we, we, I'm very in, involved with my kids. And, and so there's that, that's full time by itself. And then I've got this gym and, and then I've got skull smash. So it's a mess. Um, luckily I've got some really, really awesome people. I have a very small operation. I don't like a lot of people working on my projects. So I have a, a, a very small amount of people that I can just rely on. And I have never really had that in a very long time. So what it's like is I get up and depending on what day it is, if I have my kids or not, you know, I get my kids fed or off to school. Now everything's changed now because of the, the virus. Now my kids are being schooled at home and you know, where they go to a Catholic school and um, now they're now they're at home. So everything's changed now. But before the virus, this is sort of a typical day. If there's such a thing, I, I get up and I do breakfast and my kids and stuff. And I, I do a lot of my work from home, answering emails or doing social media until I have to get to the gym. I come in, I have morning, morning clients, mm -hmm. or I write programs, or I send videos to people, lots of time on social media, which personally I don't enjoy, but it's essential. So I, I spend a lot of time doing that. I don't have anybody else handle my social media. It's all me for now. Um, and then, yeah, um, I've got a couple of, of employees that, that handle some of the skull smash with me. Um, Megan is like my, my work wife. She tells me what I need to order and what to do. And she handles a lot of the commercial size orders and, and um, all the logistics telling me what to order and when to get it and make chemicals and yada, yada, yada. And I work on skull smash orders, the personal side orders, tell her what the commercial side orders are. We make them. I write the notes. I order all the materials for that, get them all packaged up and shipped. And I do uh, afternoon appointments with clients. And then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I train and I have all most of my programming clients come in and my gym is, is hopping. So I'm training and answering questions and teaching and, and guiding. And I'm here till usually 9, 10, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. I go home. I try to get some dinner, do some laundry, wow. start writing programs, social media, um, answering people's DMs and stuff like that. Get, get a few hours of sleep, wake up the next day and do it again. Um, I've worked seven days a week for years, even when I had my tonsil surgery. I put a video out there. Hey, I'm about to have tonsil surgery. Please don't DM. Please don't DM me asking. I remember, me yeah. Do you think that really worked? <laughs> no, I was in the hospital. Absolutely not. The outpatient before I even left the hospital, dizzy and all jacked up and in pain from that. I'm answering questions and people wanting to place orders or asking me to send them stuff um, for their meat. I'm like, I'm on. I'm on. Yeah, I mean. It's just nonstop. And, and sometimes I bitch about it because I'm human and I, and I wear out like everybody else. And I catch a, a deep breath and I'm like, you know what? I'm fortunate to have this, this much to do. Um, there's so much that I, that I get to do for people. And yeah, sometimes I'm aggravated. Sometimes I'm annoyed, but I'm still going to do it for you. I might bitch and moan, but I'm still going to give every, every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to give it my absolute best. I'm going to write all those thank you notes and I'm going to get your order to you, even though, you know, when I'm on vacation, with the, how often that happens every few years while I'm on vacation, I'm still working. So it's a mess, man. I wake up as soon as my eyes open, I'm, I'm doing something on the phone 
on a DM, taking an order, answering questions, sending information, sending a client his program, answering a, a question about their program, sending a video so they know what exercise to do, um, come to the gym, make skull smash, do more client stuff, train, do more work stuff, go home, and, and all that, which is, is kind of more irrelevant. I'm doing a lot of dad stuff too. I don't bypass my kids. They, they deserve my lion's share of my attention. So that is sort of, uh, like I said, open the curtain. That's the, the Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful mess that I've made. And uh, one, of my, one of my good friends, he's a 70-year-old lifter I have at the gym here that started training at 62 years old and, and has squatted over 400 pounds and has deadlifted almost five and has been to the worlds with me a couple of times. He's, he's a, a big mentor to me. And he's like, hey, man, you created this monster. Now you have to tame it. So, um, you know. I don't, I don't pray yeah. for an easy life. Yeah. I just pray to get stronger, to continue to handle a, a busy one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's really all you can do. You know, you've been, you've been blessed with a lot, you know, and it's stewarding that as best as you can, you know, uh, he who is, you know, good with little is going to be well, good with I'm, much, you know, and it's, it I'm sounds like you're as much as I can for folks. I mean, if, I, I'm not good at saving anything for myself. Um, I also be one of the, one of the things that makes me good at what I do with my, I'm, I'm known to be very giving. Like I said, right now, I mean, every gym is shut down, but I'm taking equipment outside into the parking lot and sanitizing it so that some of my lifters can get workouts in while we still stay compliant with all the regulations and, and expectations for social distancing. I'm doing my part, but still let my, so I'm, I'm known for doing extras. Um, I've gotten a little bit better, but historically my character is bad at saving anything for myself. So when my tank gets empty, I get known to be, I, I, I like everybody else, I want to be left alone for a little while to recharge and, and my life just does not permit that. So I sort of have to steal from, I have to rob from Peter to pay Paul, as they say, and um, I'm getting better at it. I mean, I, and then I, I start to complain about shit to myself or to people I, I, you know, or I talk with about these sorts of things. I'm like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I created all this and I have relevance in people's lives and I get to help people and I get to make some money doing it. And I get to still play this silly game called powerlifting that I've been doing for 20 something years. I'm 45 and I'm still able to do it. Dude, it doesn't get any better than this. It's just not easy. So, I mean, I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. We know each other because yeah. of the hard work of Skull Smash. I mean, I, I get to have conversations and friendships and connections with people all around the world because of this this lifting community and and at the end of the, at the end of the, my life when i'm sitting adding stuff up it's going to be this you know it's going to you know all the connections i've got to make because of how hard i've worked in the industry and and uh and i plan on being around for a lot longer yeah well you know I, and i wonder you know along with that some i you know i've really enjoyed asking people and getting here you know that aspect of the stories obviously this is faith and fitness. Uh, you know, I, I obviously have gotten to chat with you a little bit for those listening, you know, what, what element does your own faith play into, you know, your work ethic and your um, you know, you desire know, to a, just better. I, have a, I always tell people I, I'm a, I, I guess, sort of a religious guy. I'm, I'm definitely a, you know, um, a spiritual man. I have a, a parochial and a secular side and, and they're, they're, they're related very closely. I keep one pretty private and one's a little bit more public. Um, you know, I have a, a cross um, over my door, my office door with a palm going through it. It was Palm Sunday. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely a believer. Yeah. I'm a Catholic. I would consider myself probably like most are a, more of a buffet Catholic. I always tell people my my 
relationship with God, my relationship with the church are two different things. One's imperfect and the other's not. The the church, like all yeah. religions, are man-made. So uh, I'm a believer. Absolutely. I'm a subscriber. Um, I'm a member. But it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not all in like I am with God. Me and my kids pray every day. They grow up Catholic. My poor daughter's supposed to be getting her first communion right now, and it's not going to happen next year because school shut down now. So I do walk the Catholic lifestyle, but it's um yeah it's uh with a little bit of a lower brow. Um, with my relationship with God, I like to be a lot more submissive. I mean, what am I going to do? Question God. Um, you know, so uh, I would say in my private life, right, yeah, right. I'm definitely. Uh, a man of God. I'm very imperfect. I, I, you know, have a, a pretty gruff disposition about me and I'm very old school and not politically correct. So sometimes in the modern day with the way younger people are, my meaning is misconstrued. So I, I, uh, I, I you know, I, I pray to God a lot for me to not make big mistakes and I'm, you know, and I, and I put a lot of faith in there. So my faith is definitely a big part of what I do. Um, but I apply more of a secular approach to how I express it to other people. Cause not all other people, you know, you, you deal with this more than I do because you're, you're much more vocal about your faith. I have a lot of people in my life who mean a ton mm-hmm. to me, who are great people and who live with how like probably like a Christian should, who just aren't Christians. My, um, my, um, my community yeah. here is very, very diverse and they're all very, I mean, I have a Jewish friend here and a Muslim friend here and I have atheists and agnostics and, gay people and straight people and, and conservatives and Democrats and everybody here is extremely respectful and loving of each other because of the, 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 the level of character. So when I, when I reflect my spirituality amongst my community, it's usually in a more of a secular approach because most people don't like to be preached to. And as you know, religion can sometimes be very dividing. So I take what I think, what I think I, in my imperfect way, yeah. interpret um, how God wants me to behave. And I just kind of keep the, the, for the lack of a better word, the Bible thumping stuff out of it. And I'm not one, I'm, I'm a very imperfect man and I make mistakes all the time. I don't need to preach to anybody. I'm not worthy of it. You know, my, you know, I try to, I try to do what I do and be influenced by God. And I pray and ask for help and guidance to do things the right way, but I don't get preachy with other people. I, I, I let them be what they are. And I tell you, if you're good to me, I'll be good to you, you know? So, and I, and I love that. I love that I have, yeah. um, cause I grew up in a, in a pretty closed minded, you know, very, um, you know, blue collar working class, not very diverse neighborhood, um, closed minded individuals. And, you know, it took me getting out into the world to see the value in a lot of other people. And, um, that's something that means a lot to me is that, that I see tremendous value and have amazing relationships with people who believe very differently than me. And they're amazing people that are, that, that I love dearly. Yeah. And, and really at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's all you really can do. You know, that I think you, you raise a good point. There's, there's plenty of people out there who will stand by saying, Hey, you know, I am a Christian. I am a Buddhist. I am X, Y, Z. They take the label, but very frequently their daily lives are in no way reflective of what they're Uh, claiming. So I I don't do that. I, I just don't, I mean, I tell people Christianity and, and particularly, you know, I'm an Irish Catholic. Uh, that's, that's, that's my, that's my brand. Um, I, I've told people I will never, ever, I will never, ever have a conversation with you and try to convert you to my way of believing. I don't want you to have to believe if, first of all, if me, if I can get you to change your mind about God, 
then you didn't have a very good um, grasp on it in the first place. You can ask me what I think. You can say, hey, I, I'm displaced. I don't have any beliefs. I've never been um, raised with any. Can you, uh, you know, show me some? Of course. But I'm not there to change hearts and minds about people's relationship with their God or their lack of. I just tell people, just, just don't, please don't tell me I'm wrong to have mine and we'll get along just fine. Um, like I said, I have, I have dear friends of all faiths, and I think yeah. that's an important thing for helping you stay um, grounded in your own. It's like when you travel. If you've ever gone out of the country, um, it's awesome, and you have a good time, and you're exposed to these other cultures, and it's cool and it's cool. But one of the things that makes you do is when you get on that plane, it makes you appreciate all the little things at home that you take for granted. So that's, that's uh, one of, the, uh, one of yeah. the things about me with my faith. As I say, I have a very private side to it, and then I express – kind of what I think God wants me to do, though I'm sure I mess it up all the time because I'm, I'm human. Um, and I just express that in a little bit more of a secular way because I'm around such a diverse group of people. Does that make sense? Did I, could I kind of, yeah. 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 No, that's, no, that's great. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, so kind of, you know, as we kind of wrap towards the, the back end here of this episode, Obviously, what people oh, yeah. want to also hear us talk about is, is Skull Smash itself, talking products. So, I, and, and I told you this a hundred times. So, my, my go-to, okay. absolutely, without a doubt, is cold cocks. Uh, the, so the, the mint just hits me different when I'm prepping for, for something. It really feels like it wakes me up. And I know for I love you, them all. you're, and I, honestly, you're all about that um, black label. Most of the time when I yeah, – I do a, a black label is one of the ones I'm most – I'm most fond of because, and like you said, this is this is that back end behind closed closed doors thing. How hard I had to work at Black Label to make it work because people, a lot of people think, oh, he's just adding this to it. No, the way things mm-hmm. interact with ammonia, you can't just add. Like I have people, can you make me a pizza? Well, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, scents have to be made to work with the, with the actual <laughs> ammonia. Like I, one time I played around with trying to make a coffee scent, and when it was awful, I'm never even going to try again. It was just awful. It does not go well with the ammonia, and then. There's some theories behind olfaction. Certain things have, like, you don't want to add necessarily like lavender or something to ammonia because ammonia is meant to be charging, wake you up, get get you amped up. So other scents that go with it have to have a similar, um, like a a subconscious effect on the way that the brain um, processes olfaction. It needs to be an uplifting scent. So this shit's not just random. So when it came down to black label to make it work, to get that color you know, it's the only ammonia that makes this a different color and make those scents work. It, it had a lot that went into it. So I, mm-hmm. it took me a lot of tries to get that one right. So when I did, I guess just on a, from the craftsman side, the only person in the world that knows how to make it is me. Um, it, uh, it was the most gratifying and I do love the way it smells. Um, but that's kind of why, but no, the cold cocked works amazing. The, the mint just drives it in. It's like an ice pick straight to your brain. And uh, if, if you tried the, um, the Bush Ranger, the Australian mm-hmm. one, Yeah, so one of my athletes actually uh, picked up uh, mm-hmm. a bottle of that maybe know, a month yeah, and a half ago. It's got box. more stuff in it than eucalyptus, but the Australians, when, when I was working with them on that, I said, you got to give me some feedback. Like, all I know about Australia is, you know, shrimp on the Barbie and Foster's beer, which I know has nothing to do with all, real Australian. I said, tell me right. what's uniquely Australian, what will resonate with true Australian lifters. I'm making this for your community. And we, and we went back and forth. He gave me some ideas and I said, something with scents and things like that. And he said, eucalyptus is real popular there and it grows everywhere. I'm like, yes. 
So I worked with eucalyptus and, and there's four other different things outside the ammonia itself that went into creating that scent, but it's highly eucalyptic and um, it works very similar to the cold cock. So I tell people, if you like cold cock, you'll probably like the Bush Ranger too. Yeah, well, so I think over my tenure using your stuff, I think I started, you know, with the with the uh, uh, Tennessee whiskey, Jack Daniels. Uh, moved ahead, got my cold cocks, got my Fuego. I've gone original. I've gone black label. Yeah, you, Fuego. I couldn't have yeah. it. The cinnamon threw me off. It just it killed me, man. That uh, that that was it. Just yeah. punched me in the face. I know there's some people on the team <laughs> that love it. But I was like, I couldn't do it. I well, feel there's like people I was out like, there who don't like cinnamon. I was you know, you're lukewarm about cinnamon. They don't even get fuego because I tell people it's, if you drink, it, it smells just like um, fireball taste. So if you don't like the, the, the taste of fireball, then don't get fuego because you're not going to like yes. it. <laughs> but it's very popular. In fact, I, I sold yeah. several of them today. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think, you know, as I've, as I've seen different people trying it, as yeah. I've yeah, don't eat it. Please, tried the different flavors, I say flavors, don't eat it, guys. Don't, do not eat it. <laughs> uh, the different scents, you know, there is just such a diverse profile. And I think that's part of what makes Skull Smash so unique is because you do just have such a bandwidth that a lot well, of these other trying, companies, and while great companies, uh, just I'm, don't have. Let, just let me, like, I don't give myself much credit publicly, but I, I you know, this is important. I invented the dry formula ammonia. I invented, I'm the first person to ever make a scented ammonia. Yeah. And of course there are some of the other companies who are good companies too are jumping on it. And I, while I understand it's necessary and I know it's part of business and you know, and I should be flattered and all that sort of, I get annoyed by it because I am the one that did it. And when I changed, I didn't invent ammonia. I, I started making skull smash. This is a little quick cliff notes version of the origin of it. Um, because I always had a problem with nose torque being the only thing that was out there. The, the anhydrous ammonia, the, the liquid ammonia, it's always been junk to me. I hated it. it. It's too strong when you get it, and I hate to hear meatheads, oh, it can't be too yeah. strong. Yes, there is such a thing. as If you're hacking up your lunch in the trash can because the ammonia hit you too hard, it's counterproductive, and you're not going to get a good lift. You're not going to get a lift in it at all. So ammonia can be too strong. It was hyperpotent when, it, when, it, when you first opened it. It leaked all over your bag all the time, and, and sometimes a week later it was dead. I was just sick and tired of no stork, that wet formula. I or, As a gym owner, I ordered it all the time, and I just ordered two bottles off of Amazon. I put one of them in my chalk box at the gym. was having a bad day already, and on the first day, the, the thing leaked and ruined my entire chalk box. And I was like, that's it. Why is this the only stuff out there other than poppers? And I just got inspired to figure it out. And it took a long time because I don't have a chemistry background. I didn't know. I thought I was going to blow. Everybody's like, you look like you're breaking bad. You're like in breaking bad out there. You can blow yourself up. I'm like, you're probably right. I was making it out in the parking lot <laughs> in case I blew things up. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm go- everything I hate about anhydrous ammonia, nose torque, and all those other kinds, I'm going to make it, everything about it I hate different. And I did. So when I, when I entered the ammonia game and stole nose torque thunder, I did something different. I created something different and improved upon it, and I invented the different sizes, the better quality bottles, the, the fun labels, variety, and, and then I invented the scents. I get kind of annoyed that there's other companies out there, and some of them have really stupid names, and I'm not going to name drop because it's just not – I'm above it. But they have some really, really stupid backyard eclectic names. Sure. Um, 
And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, you're just basically doing what I'm doing, but you're not going to do it as well. And that's, I'm competitive, man. I, I want everybody buying Skull Smash. Hey, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in this to make a living, but I know that I make the best. I know I make the best. And, I, and, I, and let me be that confident for a minute. Nobody is making a better product than I am. Nobody's standing behind it better than I am. Nobody's more inventive or working harder at it. And I just sometimes get annoyed when somebody will get a little bit of my market share just basically duplicating what I've already done. Do, do your work and make something different, you know, and then, and, and then comes um, double barrel. Oh, I mean, there yeah. is nothing in the world like double barrel and wait till you see what I'm coming up with next. Um, double barrel is by far the absolute baddest mamma jamma out there. And when I first started making them, I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to sell a few of these because most people aren't going to want this. It's like, I sell them all the time, all the time. People love them. It's, it, it's one of the coolest things. If you, if you tried that one yet, Mo, Let me no, that's, I tell that's you what, like you're not buying last tier for me, me on Monday. Yet. Remind me, I'm sending you one and my, my, my gift for doing this. And all I ask is a couple of reaction videos. Yeah. Oh, I can totally uh, do a yeah, reaction I'll, video, I'll especially if I can't lift. And, and, and it's <laughs> on me. Just remind me on Monday. And I, you need to have it. You, I mean, you've been such a loyal Skull Smash person. Um, you got, you got to try, you know, you got to try double barrel and it's, you know, the cool thing about it is, is you can use it three different ways. I mean, you can still oh, use man. it as a regular bottle. You have a bottle of a cold cold cause you love cold cock, cold cock is in it. So there's two chambers, cold cocks, one of them. And then in essentially it. the other chamber is about two and a half bottles of regular skull smash. So you can use one or the other by themselves. You can use them together or you can use it with a squeeze, okay. which is like pulling the both triggers on a double barrel shotgun. I mean, it just, there's nothing else like it, nothing else like it. And you need to experience it. <laughs> Man, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm fired up for that. I mean, that's, I know it's been kind of the last year. It's the only yeah. person I think I've really seen use it uh, is Logan. Uh, Logan's uh, awesome, Logan man. I'm, it, uh, knocks his head off. Awesome. That's a big man. Um, yeah, no, you, you got to have it. You got to try it. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's definitely the, the only thing like it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of all I've done with Skull Smash. You know, I mean, the product development. You know, when I first started doing it, people were laughing at me. Um, you know, they're like, ha you know, I mean, like, there's this little hobby that he's going to do. And, and I, you know, it was hard because you don't have, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't have any support. I, I'd make the product that wasn't very good. I'd send it to a hundred different gyms with a handwritten note, just like I do now and say, for free, please just give me feedback. In like mode, you'll, you'll get maybe one out of 10 that they give you feedback. And I would take that feedback, figure it out, make it better. How did it ship? How's it doing in different climates? You know, you know, cause it reacts different to, to Alaska than it does Florida. And I took all that into account and just kept making the product better and better and better. And then started learning how to make the sense. And I'm the, the first, you know, to do that. And so I'm very proud of what I've done because it's, it's not just my lifting that has me ingrained into this community. Now I actually get to make a, a product that lifters get to use, look forward to enjoy. I get to speak to them and meet with them and make, make connections and even friendships because of this product that I made. And um, it's very fulfilling. I I'm, I'm, I'm humble and proud at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of my, my last question for you, you know, obviously you say you got a couple products up next. I won't ask you to reveal that because I know there's a secrecy. But, you know, for you as a, as a company uh, with Skull Smash, as uh, a coach, you know, with uh, the gym, what's next for you? Where do you go from here as you look ahead to the future? Uh, with Skull Smash uh, Where do you want to go? Where do you want to see this thing form into? 
Well, any of them. Yeah, even with as you look with skull smashes, you look with the gym. Yeah. You know, as you look to expand, I know you're you're creating products for Australia. Well, okay, you're looking okay. at different with, countries. With the gym, I don't really have. Well, where are you hoping to grow? That's my small thing. The gym will probably remain a small thing because it's it's important to me that, like I said, that I vet people to, to belong here. Um, I, sometimes I kick around the idea of maybe starting a second one or something like that, but I don't know. Um, the gym, I don't really think as far as like, I just always look to improve it, you know, maybe make my facility a little bit better, um, you know, always updating equipment. You know, my gym's pretty, pretty laid out. I mean, I've got seven, eight platforms, um, all carpeted competition style platforms. I have five competition uh, ER style or Texas strength combo racks, um, sets of calibrated plates, tons and tons of plates, dumbbells, glued hand raise, reverse hyper, logs, axles. I mean, it, it, I mean, if you if you ever come here, you'll love training here. I mean, it is a powerlifting strength. I mean, strength sports gym. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty good with where my gym is and how and and how it's to be. It just will always be you know make it a little bit better here, add a little bit more equipment, replace old equipment. So I don't really have growth aspirations in the gym as far as just always getting new people in and having that impact, uh, adding another member, another family member, and hopefully keeping the ones I have. They all mean a, a, the world to me. So I guess my growth is just to, to get better at doing it and to keep my people and to add new ones when they want to come. And um, sc- believe it or not, Skull Smash is actually made inside of my gym. Wow. So once in a while, people will come from out of town wow. and they need a place to train and they contact me and I'm pretty, you know, quiet about it. And I'm like, yeah, come on. And we always try to accommodate traveling lifters if we can, you know, and, and they come in and they see the skull smash banners all around. Oh, you guys like skull smash? Oh yeah. I like skull smash too. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of it since, you know, I make it and everything like that. Wait a minute, you make skull smash? I'm like, yeah, I'm Steve from skull smash. And, and I've had that happen before people like, you know, just like, kind of felt a little bit famous but i didn't you know and they're like oh god where, you know where's your factory i'm like you're standing in it i make it right here in the gym I'm like oh god and i i sent them home with bottles of it and they're just like they're they're really pumped to be here so i guess if i had a, an aspiration for my gym beyond what it is is to have it sort of be and i don't even know what word to use because i don't want to sound arrogant or at all but like have it be a place where people who come maybe do seminars here or um or who want to come visit and train in my gym because of the connections yeah. I had with, I have with skull smash. They want to come train at the skull smash gym. You know what I mean? So yeah. to, to, to have skull smash, bring more people to the gym so that I can yeah. meet them and have, you know, even if they're just visiting or do a seminar and, and, and spread that community and those connections that I, that I intend to have with more and more people as I go, that would be the, the, the growth I have with uh, the, the idea that I have with the gym. But as far as skull smash, I intend to stay at the top and to keep making the best products. I, I'd like to start, you know, cause I have Deadpool too, which I don't really do enough to, to advertise. You know, I was, I'm the only person that makes something other than baby powder for your legs. It's the only talk based product for the deadlift that is completely made and marketed for the lifting community. Um, I'd like to have some more products in the lineup that I add to it. I don't know exactly what they're going to be yet. I'm, I've got my wheels spinning, but I'd like to have more products in the, in the skull smash lineup. Um, but just to keep making ammonia better, keep adding new products. One of the things I'm intending to do in the future, in the very near future is to have an option where people can design their own bottle. 
Um, so they start with a blank, you know, you know, you pick from the bottles, you pick from the labels, you pick from the scents and the lids and how it's made and, and to have it be completely customizable and have that be one of the next options. Um, and then just getting more lifters involved with me, um, sponsor more events, just keep growing it, making more products and, and, uh, and expanding the community. And because I've never, I've always kept the two separate. It's kind of, I guess the last thing I can say about it is, not a lot of people know that that skull smash isn't the only thing I do. I am a strength and conditioning coach, and I've been one for a long time. Now, unfortunately, I don't mean to sound catty about this or, or disgruntled or anything like that because I'm not at all. I get it. But because of the social media thing and the way it is out there and all the online coaching, which I'm just not a fan of, um, a lot of people want a famous coach. They want somebody with a million followers who is probably not really the smartest coach in the world. And even if he mm-hmm. is, do you really think he's writing your program unique to you? Um, you know, um, I'm really just, I'm not going to get too far into that because I know so many people right. get defensive about it, but I'm not a real big fan of where all that is in, in, the, in the lifting world. But people want their coach to be somebody famous, super cool and famous with like a million kajillion followers. And they want to tag him in it and stuff like that. And, I'm not really famous. I don't really intend to be. That's not, but I'm smart. I've been doing this a long time. I've been, uh, uh, I'm a very competent and capable coach. And I've thought about using what little bit of recognition I have through Skull Smash and the people who know me that maybe start putting out some helpful videos, not necessarily for monetary gain, just for adding one more bit of depth to my intent to help the lifting community and to start making like simple things like, Hey, this is my thoughts on wrapping your knees or the bench setup or my squat form. Are these are some, some ideas for this and that and the other thing like that, because I've been doing it a long time and I still have that old school flair, but with a little bit of an academic side. So maybe my future will be in the very, very near future. Hopefully start making some just instructional videos. I don't want to be anybody's online coach. I mean, I have to know somebody and, they, and it has to have to mean something to me for me to like take their money and be their coach. So I'm not going to be offering a DM me for my my twenty five dollar bench. Per, you know, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm not into that. There's plenty of other people doing that. Um, I just want to put out right. helpful information that might help somebody and they can ask me a few questions and I can maybe give them some some pearls to help them along their way. Yeah. Man, that's good, and it's definitely exciting to to hear you even just getting fired up about what's next and knowing that you know, I, yeah. even though you've I you know, been like in the game the, for the so long, it's still just like the beginning. Like a, you know a, that a, you're a beginner again. I feel like a freshman. I mean, like you know, a few years ago, I went through a, a, a about a time with I guess some insecurities. I felt like I knew everything and couldn't be told anything, and it was a miserable, very dark period of time for me. And, and I, you know, finally got my head out of my ass and busted through that and realized that there's still so much to learn. I even, you know, even people who are newer than you, everybody's got a perspective. Hey, I'll, I'll even ask my, my newest thing for months. Hey, can you, everybody take a look at this. What did you see? How did that look from that side? You know I mean? Everybody's got an in, input. And so I, I got back to the point where I wanted to learn again, you know, and I have so much to learn and, and, um, and, and let, let people have that 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 gravity with you where they might not necessarily change your direction but they can certainly add some stuff to you so a lot of people i've gotten to the point where i want to have that value added from other people and learn and contribute and just thought share again and um it it feels like a rebirth because i went so long without it yeah man that's so good man i'm so grateful that i got to 
just hear part of your story, you know, the last hour or so and get to hear the passion behind, you know, what you're doing, because it is, it, it's, it's good work and it's necessary work, you know, in an industry that is, you know, in very many ways calloused, you know, to have people who genuinely care about what they're doing, care about their products, oh, care yeah. about their consumers. Uh, you know, is, I, is I wouldn't do it if it didn't matter. Uh, and it's something me, that, um, that more people need I, to be able I, to hear I about. I appreciate you recognize that. And I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a million other people that you could have asked to have on here and, and probably more deserving. So, I mean, I, I, I'm grateful to you for just asking to hear me talk about something that I've put everything into for, for an hour. Um, a lot of times I go home and I, and that's gotta be all inside of me. So to get it out every now and then, um, it's pretty cool. So I, I appreciate you asking me about it. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Uh, this has been just a, a great conversation with Steve Welch. Uh, if you want to pick up some products, uh, you can head over to either his Instagram page, as I said at the beginning of the, of the episode, uh, at Skull Smash Ammonia, or directly over to the site uh, at skulls-smash.com, skull-smash.com. Uh, pick you up some products ranging from anything from some Deadpool uh, to ammonia itself. Or if you're feeling really <laughs> wild because it's still on their site, is some Skull Smash condoms. So you've got really anything uh, you could uh, possibly want uh, on the site. Uh, it's a wonderful company, wonderful CEO. We want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks so always. much.